you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm late. I'm late. Very important. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from undercover tourists. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from undercover tourists and authorized seller and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with undercover tourists now and save. UndercoverTourist.com the around the nfl podcast is the real mvp welcome back to another edition of the around the nfl podcast my name is dan hansis and i am joined by a room filled with heroes mark sessler chris wessling greg rosenthal what's up boys hey dan massive self-promotion right out of the gate with that money tag i mm. missed it what calling was it? ourselves the mvp what, it's why, a, it's why a reference to another sport, uh, a line by another player in another sport. So you, you wouldn't Mark, follow the, that. the egoless act. Come on, you know, unnecessary. Got a nice popular podcast. Let's, Just embrace it for once. You know, be happy. Yeah, let's be honest. I mean, we had a monster day of of stories and we couldn't even put out the podcast last night because you just wanted to get that special coat for today in this one. You Mark knew, wearing knew another look, giant coat. Good looking jacket. Look. Last time we came in here, it was of polar temperatures. I prepared this time, and it's very hot in here now. Well, I can't, by the way, what, what are we even talking about? There's only one thing that matters. Oh, my goodness. Oh, Greg. Remus to the Jets. Greg, how about that? How you like them apples? Mr. New England on your throne of ease. It's kind of fun. I mean, after you had already, you know, cashed in with your, you know, nine to five yesterday, I wrote that Revis. Wait, did you say cashed in? You know, <laughs> I wrote that Revis post, and I couldn't have been more complimentary of the whole thing. It's it's exciting. It's a big it's a big loss for the Patriots, no doubt about that. But it does make the AFC East uh, more fun, and we're not shocked. Uh, when we left the podcast studio last time, we thought the Jets are the favorites. Yeah, uh, and we'll get into Revis more. But, yeah, it's just uh, – you're uh, loving it. I was loving it. I was so happy to hear it. I, I clapped my hands together very, uh, in a very demonstrative way when I heard uh, what what had went down, that the Jets got Revis. They're bringing him back for a big deal. So I'm really happy. My free agency I mean, is done. Even even the fact that, oh, wait, Ryan Fitzpatrick or Geno Smith is still my quarterback, won't be able to dim this. We got, we got Revis back, and we're very happy. And that's only one of the big big news items. This is another. Mark, oh, Mark with the jacket off now, throwing me off. I told you it was, the temperature's rising in <laughs> yeah. here. All right. All the hot air. Um, here we go. We got a ton of news to get to because as – and another big uh, pressure news drop coming up for TD because this was – we just came off, I think, on Tuesday. That might have been the wildest 
free agent signing period ever. Right at one o'clock, multiple trades go go down, multiple signings. This is insane. This is crazy. What the what? There clearly is no off season, and and the NFL is moving the needle right now. The biggest sport uh, in the country, and it's also the biggest story right now is the NFL. It's crazy. It, I think it ranks up there as more wild than the uh, day after the lockout ended when all the signings happened. I remember working like a 20-hour shift for Roto World, <laughs> but there were only like two or three of us doing it. This was – those three trades that dropped back to back to back were just crazy. And it was right before 1 p.m. that those trades hit, and we're lucky that there were, you know, five or six of us sitting around ready to tackle those because it was a barrage. I mean, it was just the newsroom, one massive collective gasp after the next. There's never been a five minutes like that in NFL history. I mean – you can't compare it with something that happens on the field, but for something off the field and transactions, to have two starting quarterbacks traded for each other, two potential Hall of Famers in Haloti Nada and Jim, Jimmy Graham traded really still in their prime, still playing well. One of those guys going to the defending NFC champion Seahawks from one F- NFC team to another. I mean, four Pro Bowler, it's just insane. You could go a whole three years without having three trades that big. And, and TD, behind the glass, you are the number one fanboy of Russell Wilson. You love his sexy deep balls and all that. Uh, this has got to be a big moment for you. It is. It is a big moment. I officially chose to embrace the fact that, yes, you know what, if a team is going to have all my boys on it, I might as well just root for them. So, so you're officially a Seahawks fan. Oh, this is officially it. Officially rooting for the Seahawks. You're no wow. longer in denial. You're out of the closet. Area man becomes Seahawks fan in 2015. I, no, I mean, Gutsy. come on. I mean, going out loud, I found out I was a Seahawks fan at the worst possible time. Here's at, a, that, at that one-yard line interception, mm. that's when I found out I was a Seahawks. Okay, well, they're not going to have to throw it to Ricardo Lockett anymore. Give Such me a break. Such a burden for you to carry. The only thing, this is the only thing, though. If you're officially a Seahawks fan, once they get filled with bloated contracts and the team has to tear itself apart yeah. and they become a middling unit, as happens the way the NFL works, you need to stay with him. This cannot be just a, a fanciful fit. It is what it is. It's a very vulnerable position to be in. Um, I like staying objective, but you know what? Again, if they have all my boys, you know, I've met, I've met uh, Pete Carroll, I've met Name Dropper, Richard Sherman, Name Russell, dropper. Bobby Wags. Name That's, Dropper. Those are my well, guys. you missed their peak. They just made it to two straight Super Bowls. They won two of them, and now they're making moves just because they're frustrated over one play. This is where what, it all what, starts going down. What do you mean? Maybe he's like a Patriots fan that jumped on in 2002 or three. You got a decade what, ahead Greg? of you. I don't know if when Greg <laughs> jumped on, but I was. Watching, I, I wouldn't say the peak. I was we watching Dick peak. McPherson and all sorts of good friends. All right, here we go. So, Hartley TD, Dykes? we got a lot to get. Wait, what? Hartley Dykes. <laughs> TD, we got a lot to get to, so let's do some news. We didn't bring Sam in here to be a chip. I'm the only chip here. <laughs> well done. And, by the way, we will be getting into the chip, clown. the chip Kelly uh, press conference, impromptu press conference that was held on Wednesday. Uh, the guy uh, is, as my late grandmother would say, a riot. He's a riot. We didn't bring Sam in here to be a chip. I'm the only chip here. <laughs> it's like a bad guy in like a Varsity Blues sequel. <laughs> uh, all right, let's start with the big deal. And obviously the biggest news is that TD is now Seahawks fan. But how did that happen? It happened because the Seahawks traded for Jimmy Graham and one of the craziest, most out-of-nowhere out of moves in the history of the NFL, during, at least in the last 25 years, I'd say, in the free agency era. Jimmy Graham, out of nowhere, no speculation. All of a sudden, it pops up. It comes together quickly. He's going to the Seahawks, and this is what the trade specifics are. Saints get 
Saints sent Graham and a fourth-round pick to the Seahawks for a first-round pick. That's the 31st overall. And center Max Unger. Uh, and Unger is uh, one of the better centers in the league. So we will start with the mailman. Chris Wessling, your initial take when you learned of the trade and the parameters. Well, Greg joked that uh, they, the Seahawks made this move just because of one play in the Super Bowl. I look at it like the last two losses of their season were the Super Bowl and the loss at Kansas City. And it was evident in both of those games that what came back to bite them is not having a big body in the red zone. Mm. They got stuck there. Jimmy Graham fills that biggest need. But why would the Saints trade him? It feels like a organization adrift. When you decide that he's such a big cornerstone that you go through months of negotiation and all this talk about – Oh, whether we can pay Jimmy Graham and he skips some offseason workouts. Then you give him a monster contract. It's not like that was two or three years ago. That was July. And then just a few months later, you decide to get rid of him. It just seems like a team that doesn't have a plan. Well, we also found out from NFL media insider Ian Rappaport that the initial kernel of the trade had to do with Max Unger, the center, that the Saints wanted to go out, improve their line, that they want to become a better run team. And then this came into it. And yeah, it seems crazy that they would trade what is a potential top five playmaker in the league in Graham. But I wonder if that whole arbitration thing and what went down when C.J. Spiller or when uh, when they traded Darren Sproles last year, it was it was Graham who tweeted, "I have no idea what this team is doing mm. this off season." I wonder if there was a little bit more bad blood with a Sean Payton led front office and organization that holds grudges. Number one, Didn't that maybe there was a little. I know, but they had to win that battle as signing him as a tight end, not a wide receiver. And then, well, I don't know, it sounds if he crazy. Healthy, but not, this doesn't happen if he was healthy last season. And immediately after the report, uh, the trade goes down, you know, there's a report in the New Orleans Times-Picayune questioning Graham's toughness that they thought he struggled to play through injuries or stay on the field. And he, and he has. It's, and that's fair. But it, it's still crazy. It, I don't like ever questioning a player's toughness because we have no way of knowing from – thousands of miles away what's going on with their bodies but it's indisputable that whenever he's tried to play through an injury his production drops by more than 50 percent how about this i will i will not question a player's toughness how about a player's selflessness i love getting after drew Brees. drew Brees tweets out a photo of, of his <laughs> children one of the children wearing a, a graham jersey uh draped on the laying on the ground arm draped over his his um, sibling sad that that jimmy graham was no longer on the team how about Drew Brees, the the crown prince of the NFL? How about he does the move where he, he works reworks his salary right. and saves some room? And maybe this doesn't have to be a situation where the Saints need to get rid of Jimmy Graham. Maybe Drew Brees could have stopped this from happening. Maybe he'll be next. Mickey Loomis and the Saints have mismanaged their cap. We've talked about this for two weeks, and I think this is part of it. And Loomis now says the plan is to spend some of that money that they're saving on Graham. And look, Max Unger makes $4.5 a, a year, which is a good deal. But he's a good center, too. They're going to spend some of that money on defense. They're probably going to spend that 31st pick on defense. Maybe they're going to focus on the running game. It just feels weird to shift course right. like that. But though. what about back to Breeze? Every, all these other big-name quarterbacks always restructure their salaries. We give Peyton Manning hell for not doing it until this past year. How come nobody's given Drew Breeze hell? He, he refused to restructure his deal. This could have been avoided, I would think. I think he refused to take a pay cut. He certainly, would. I'm sure, would have signed like a signing bonus that spreads the money out. It, but, yeah, but they're only getting about what two and a half million this year for Graham. Yeah, what, savings. Yes, that they're trade, not making it, it much money off accelerated it. Accelerated against the cap. I don't think they got much cap savings on that at all. They, they did not. And it's a little bit of Sean Payton, I think, having 
what people are criticizing Chip Kelly for, and I'm not necessarily criticizing, that he feels like he can create offense. He doesn't know how to pick free agent uh, offensive linemen or no one to spend there because they're thinking of cutting two of their linemen. So they're getting a lineman that they believe is a Pro Bowl quality guy, although he's been hurt, and they're assuming, I guess, that they can come up with the yards on offense. Well, for all the talk of cutting those two guys, Ben Gross and Jari Evans, it hasn't happened, and they go out and get Unger. It tells me they've got a five foot eleven quarterback, and they don't want pressure getting him up the mm. middle. And they also have Mark Ingram, and they know the offense worked best last year when it leaned on Ingram to open up the passing game. Peyton said all last offseason, we want to get tougher, we want to run the football, and they made a move towards that with this center addition and re-signing Ingram. Maybe they just finally we see a Saints team that isn't on offense built the same way it was in years past with the pass everything. I am convinced that the big moves in New Orleans are not done. I, I, so what do you mean by that? I do not think that Drew Brees will be the week one starter. <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> And I love Rick, TD, record the laughter and the mocking. Yeah. <laughs> record it. He won't be there. All right. You can. Wait, rec- we didn't mock you. Hey, we just about, said, whoa. No, yeah. the laughter I over laugh. here. Record it and then play it back <laughs> with the same uh, prediction that Tom Brady was going to the Browns last year. <laughs> play them all back. Play that and then the one that Peyton Manning was retiring. What is well, it with you and trying to kill off Hall of Fame quarterbacks? I, you're basically taking out Drew a shotgun. Drew Brees isn't 29 <laughs> years old. I think that they the big moves are not done. This team is going in weird directions. Well, that I agree with. There's something strange going on, and Saints fans have been getting on me at Twitter about it. I, look, I'm rooting for the Saints. I used to live there. I like the Saints, but there's a strange, corrosive dynamic. There's Sean Payton. There's Mickey Loomis. There's an ownership trub, uh, situation that's very troubling. There's Drew Brees. I don't. There's lack of leadership. There's a lot of people who I think have a lot of ego. You got the New Orleans and a Pelicans lot of money. Involved. It's just. It's problems, and Dan saying to wrap it up, but this is great stuff. I know you don't like this phrase, but my first thought when this trade came down was, bye-bye Saints Super Bowl window. Well, you just it gave just one of the best players in the league to your number one challenger in the NFC. It, I think the rest of the NFC must be furious with this trade. In their defense, the Seahawks should be thrilled, but sure. it's not like they gave Jimmy Graham away. They did get a high-quality starter and a first-round pick. So if you want to make than, a defense, it's not a cr- that's not crazy. It's better than cutting. What are you laughing at, Mark? Because I, you know, Dan has to do a lot of work to manage this show and us from getting completely off oh, the it's saddle. Okay. It's going to be a big I, show. This is the best story of the whole yeah, 28 more topics to I'm get not to. trying to shortchange <laughs> this because it's a juicy topic. You guys are all making really relevant points. However, we got like 25 things to get to. That's all I'm saying. Hey, you know, if Tori I, Smith or uh, the Bucks still here. cuts have to take a shot <laughs> later, we'll deal with it. Uh, Greg demonstrating has no idea how to run the show, you know. So that's why I'm in the chair here. But honestly, my, my, I'll make one point. I think this is the year Russell Wilson. Uh, it reminds me of on some level when Randy Moss came to uh, New England and all of a sudden Tom Brady, who's never a monster statistical guy, became that guy. I mm. think this is going to be the first year Russell Wilson really mm. uh, <laughs> really like becomes a stud offensively in addition to being a winner. I have one more insider nugget here yeah, for go you. Got a, got a little whisper that the Seahawks were really planning to get Jordan Cameron, that that mm. was their plan, and they weren't planning to get Let Jimmy Graham. Upgrade. This sort of fell fell into their laps, and then that came. They got that. a much better player. All right, let's talk about now Darrell Revis. Who? Uh, oh, now I see why Greg was he wouldn't stop talking. He didn't want to get to this topic. He is no longer a member of I'm the good. Patriots. Enjoy it's your over. enjoy your championship in March. It, it's all over uh, for New England Patriots and Darrell Revis and perhaps their <laughs> Super Bowl window themselves. Stop. 
because now Revis Island has returned to New York on a five-year, $70 million deal, $39 million guaranteed in this era of just funny money. Revis gets $16 million per season in the first three years of his deal, which is uh, not for nothing exactly what he was looking for when the Jets traded him away in the first place. Now, uh, my take on it, the Jets should have never traded him in the first place. They should have made it work. He's two years older now. He's got a ring with the Patriots, which stinks. He's got a, he's got a little bit of stink on him because of that. But this is the absolute <laughs> right move for the Jets to do. They needed to add a stud cornerback. He was the best one on the market. They're maybe not a Super Bowl contender, but they can be a playoff contender. And if you if you want to play in this league, uh, in this era of parity, get to the playoffs and see what happens. I'm thrilled to have him back. He's going to be in our ring of honor one day. He's going to be a face of the franchise type guy. It's a great day for the Jets. And I'll throw it to Mark Sessler to get started here because, Mark, I know you were uh, – you didn't think the Jets should have made this move – uh, now, after seeing the numbers, do you still think it was a mistake? Well, I didn't want them. What I don't like is the idea of, hey, we'll bring back Revis and everything's good again. And I actually think collectively that that's not New York's response at all this offseason. And looking at what they've done sort of holistically, GM Mike McCagney, I think whether it's you know Big Mac. prodded on by the owner or if I think he actually has shown a good job being aggressive here, which is for a fan base that in December was totally lost – they have to be happy with the Jets saying we're not just going to sit pat and let our own guys walk out. I like the the way they recreated the entire secondary. Buster Screen is never going to be a number one. He's got some issues, but he's not a bad supporting guy to add. Getting well, paid a lot. He's getting paid too much. I'd rather that's, have Terrell Revis at $20 million than That's Buster how this Screen operates. But it also, you made a good point this morning, Dan. D. Milner, a guy like him, it allows him not to be put on the hot seat right out of the way. They don't know what they have in him, but that's But doesn't secondary. allow him to be on the football field. They're giving up, and he's and done. And they might, they might be signing know. Antonio Cromartie. We're hearing that he's the, he, the Jets are a favorite for his services. So the Jets have been— They're giving Todd Bowles what he needs. Giving Todd Bowles what he needs, which uh, John Idzik never gave Rex Ryan, who's got to be going absolutely nuts the way this worked out. <laughs> right, down, right down to the fact, uh, Greg, that—, that Darrell Revis' first visit was going to be in Buffalo, and the Jets didn't let him get there. So poor Rex never got that chance. Uh, I love that Darrell Revis' agents did that just at the last minute to <laughs> squeeze that extra $1 million out of Woody Johnson. Yeah, get no, to get it smart. From him. Smart. I mean, they they did everything right, and he finally got paid. Chris Wessling, now we throw it to you. Your thoughts? Uh, I, I just have been kind of chuckling to myself the last couple of days over this manufactured debate of whether the AFC East is wide open now. One team has a quarterback, one team has an average quarterback, and two teams don't have a quarterback. So, I mean, since the day this podcast started, we have hammered home the point you don't compete seriously in the NFL without a franchise quarterback. So I, I don't think that the Jets right. are a real threat to but the But do Patriots. you not try to build up the rest of your team for the – you don't know when you're going to get that quarterback sometimes. Like, I think the Jets at least – Part of New York, it's a PR game. You, what happened under Idzik was the team fell apart because the perception of the front office. Like, maybe they're spending they, too much, but don't no, you have to be they aggressive? They should build a team. Kudos to them for landing Revis. I just don't think that they're like a yep. serious threat the weird to the payroll. Right. The Idzik is totally responsible for this signing. Everyone kills him, but they couldn't sign him. In a backwards him. way, though. Well, but, you know, he doesn't they, get credit for him. No, it. he doesn't get credit for him, but they couldn't sign him because of what Mike Tannenbaum did to that team for, for a couple of years. They were a disaster. He spent – maybe he was – You're misremembering because they had the space to sign him last year he was, too. Right. Last year would have been fine. But he helped clear out all the that space the for them to spend. Yes. 
And you're right. I mean, to me, it seems like their offseason plan is to is basically to annoy Rex Ryan, to keep <laughs> Re- David Harris away from uh, that. I think it's to try to sign Cromartie, to sign Revis, and to say, hey, here's the team you wish you had last I year. I don't Rex. see. I don't buy into. I don't think the Jets have bad <laughs> blood towards Rex, even if it seems that way. They have bad blood towards the Patriots, which makes this especially great if if you're with the Jets because you weaken the Patriots. There's no way to say that you didn't weaken them. And and uh, West, to your point, yes, the Jets still have a quarterback issue, and I'm not going to go crazy about a Ryan Fitzpatrick trade either. They still have Band-Aids there. But when you – and Tom Brady is the best quarterback in the division and won the league, but they just got Darrell Revis, who's going to make Tom Brady less effective. But they had Revis – they always – a year? They've always well, had Revis. I mean, listen, and that's, that's the name of the game. You've got to win your division. In those division matchups, the Jets got a major chess piece in that battle with it, Brady, who's, by the way, not for nothing – going to be 38 this year. It's so. a huge loss for the Patriots, but the Patriots have been through this before. Every year we hear they, they lose some gigantic star, and it's like, okay, how can they survive without Randy Moss? How can they that's survive fair. without one of these? And this isn't Darrell Revis. I do four. think that's one thing where we disagree. When we, when we talk about it, this isn't Darrell Revis from five years ago. It's a different Darrell Revis. It's a good, we'll see about that. very, very good player, but it's not like the defensive player I, of the year. I wrote in the, my piece about the, the trade this morning or the signing this morning. If I can get two kind of elite corner years out of him, and then he has like kind of a Champ Bailey soft landing over his last three uh, over the rest of the contract, that's a good signing. And in, the, in that meantime, the Jets need to find that quarterback. Now, Greg, I just well, if he's on the Jets in four years, it's a major upset. He gets through these first three years, and then he either gets cut or right. he's got it. Yeah, but I also don't don't underestimate like this guy what he means to the franchise. I think that they brought him back because they want him to be in the franchise forever. They want him, even though. The, Winning the Super Bowl, the Patriots changes how the greater public views him. The Jets very much want Revis to be a Jet for life. The Patriots secondary, though. Let's talk about that. Revis gone. They don't even want Brandon Browner, but they got a lot of work to do there now. They got McCourty. They do. They've had a lot of work to do in their secondary for the better part of my life. I mean, tell me the great people in their secondary in 2008 or 9 or 7 or 10 or any of these times. So you're right. They, They had a great thing going with Revis. But you kind of trust that Belichick and them, they'll find a way to get it, and their pass rushers are better. I like their defense overall. I think one thing, like the way Jimmy Graham just tipped the scales in, in Seattle's favor in the NFC because it's just a great team getting that piece. That's how I felt about Revis going to New England last year. And what Belichick was able to do creatively at the back end of that defense, you can't just replace that. No. And you, you said weeks ago that they prioritized McCourty over Revis, and you're right. But – there are major questions for New England in terms of, like, how do you duplicate what just happened? It's not going to be easy. Those years they didn't have Moss and others. They didn't, go to, they didn't win Super Bowls. Right, but they, they weren't winning, yeah, but they weren't winning Super Bowls unless Malcolm Butler made a catch. I'm not giving Darrell Revis some magical beans that he somehow made, it, made Malcolm Butler make that play. It's like they've, I think their recipe, and they've been to nine conference championship games, like in that span the Jets have been to one, right? And so they've been a nine is just they put themselves in the mix every year and you never know how it's going to shake out. This point might come up again in a minute, but we're 23 hours into the new right. <laughs> there are at least three or four players on the Patriots Super Bowl roster, key players who weren't even on the team in October. You, won- you wonder, by the way, why Greg referenced Magic Beans. When you sit on the throne of ease, <laughs> those things get fed to you with a not even a silver spoon, a golden spoon. They're delicious. <laughs> Moving on. All right, let's talk let's talk some of these crazy crazy trades. We already talked about Jimmy Graham. Now let's talk about the QB for QB swap. To end all QB for QB swaps. Sam Bradford heading to the Eagles in exchange for Nick Foles. 
There are some draft picks involved here as well. Uh, the exact specifics. The Foles, a fourth-round pick in 2015 and a second-round pick in 2016 to the Rams in exchange for Bradford and the Rams' fifth pick. Uh, Greg, I'll start with you here. First of all, did the Eagles give up too much to get Sam Bradford, a guy coming off back-to-back ACL injuries? I was surprised they gave up so much, so yes. I, I mean, I, it struck me as strange that they were taking on Bradford's contract and they had to give up the second-round pick. It was really that second-round pick that blew my mind. And the Eagles do have a condition where if Bradford gets hurt, they could get something back. So that surprised me. Wes, I think, put it well that, look, if he's a if he's the franchise quarterback that they think he is, then it really doesn't matter. But, man, that is a big gamble, and Chip Kelly keeps making those gambles. Let, yeah, allow me a couple of rejoinders Ooh. here. <laughs> Joinders. The, the most obvious takeaway is $3 that word by Wes there. The Rams and the Eagles both decided that Sam Bradford held a lot more value than Nick Foles. The Rams weren't giving him up without a second-round pick, and the Eagles took on $10 million more in salary. And I think most teams would agree, and I would agree. So let's get that out early. And then second of all, Dan, you like to call Chip Kelly derisively the genius. Mm -hmm. Ernie Adams, Bill Belichick's right-hand man, one of the smartest men in the history of pro football. Starting cornerback next year for the Patriots. (laughs) Ernie, (laughs) going to fill a hole. Big Ernie. Uh, one of his sayings is the number one criteria for being a genius in this league is to get a great quarterback. <laughs> I'm not saying Sam Bradford's a great quarterback, but Chip Kelly did extensive research, studied everything about Sam Bradford for over a month now, and he's decided Nick Foles isn't a franchise quarterback. He's just not. So I can't win in this league with Nick Foles. If what I'm seeing are weaknesses, defensive coordinators are seeing it too. I might be able to win with Sam Bradford. In fact, the Eagles website said Chip Kelly determined that Bradford is a special talent who can make the offense soar. I'm not saying he is or he isn't, but to me, I have no problem with a, with a coach going out and saying this guy is not my franchise quarterback, so let me trade for a guy who I believe has that potential. When, he, when the trade first happened, I thought that the – assumption that Bradford was their long-term answer was naive because I thought they might just flip him and move up, get Mariota. I mean, there was a lot of reason to think that it might have been just the first part of a longer trade that we didn't know the end of. But now, after what the, we didn't know what the ramifications and the pick swap were later. And the way that Chip Kelly spoke today, it is very clear that the website and the research were real. But Wes, I mean, we've watched Sam. I don't care about the injuries. Remove the injuries and the fact that last year we were writing off quarterbacks that had one knee surgery like that all off season. He's had them back to back. But what about what he's done on the field? We've seen little evidence. This Chip Kelly obviously knows way much more, though. Well, I think that if you if you're Chip Kelly and you say, okay, I've got look what I've gotten out of Nick Foles and Mark Sanchez, two guys that a lot of people in the NFL don't consider starter caliber, and they're getting as many yards and points per game as just about any team. So you can say, okay, I can take Sam Bradford, who developed a skittish skittishness skittishness. However you say, he that. was skittish. He was skittish. I have a couple rejoinders because they stopped. He <laughs> played behind a bad offensive line, and they never surrounded him with surrounding with with good talent. And I have said before, those are excuses. They shouldn't be allowed. But if you're Chip Kelly and you say, "Look at this guy's arm," if I if I put him behind a really good offensive line and my coaching, maybe we can get more out of him. Wes, by the way, uh, it's skid eye. <laughs> Number two, uh, yeah, Mark, you mentioned the press conference where Chip Kelly really. Uh, was tooting the horn of Sam Bradford's uh, made the line that we used uh, earlier TD drop that the only chip 
is me, Chip Kelly, because we didn't Sam Pratt. in here to be a chip. I'm the only chip here. <laughs> there you go. We got to keep that one in, so, in general. So it was the the press. Let's talk about the press conference a little bit because Chip uh, saunters up to the stage, uh, up, up to the uh, dais, and he delivers a impromptu press conference in Philadelphia and has just a, his his rapport with the Philly reporters is the way he carries himself is really interesting. Uh, so this, first of all. Uh, people are wondering what happens with the quarterback situation, Bradford, Sanchez, where's Marcus Mariota? Someone asked him, what's going on with Marcus Mariota? You guys interested in trading up? Do these deals mean you won't be trading up to draft Marcus Mariota? <laughs> Let's dispel that right now. That you know, life. I think that stuff's crazy. You guys have been going with that stuff all along. I think Marcus is the best quarterback in the draft. I th- we will never mortgage our future to go all the way up to go get somebody like that because we have too many other holes that we're going to take care of. So, so there's, there's that. Uh, do we buy that, first of all? Oh, yeah. That, I thought all along it was just crazy to think that you're moving up from 20 to 2 or 4 in the draft. To, and how much you would have to mortgage to give that up? I mean, that's – Yeah, but, but didn't you say quarterbacks make coaches geniuses? I if do. he believes in Mariota, he recruited him at Oregon. If he believes in him, why not trade up and get the guy? Do you know how much change? it costs to trade up and get him? I don't. I have no idea. I don't think anybody does. I do believe him because I think at this point we now believe Chip Kelly is now cap- we do. capable of anything. <laughs> Like that he could just walk – you know, he's been so crazy that we're just like, well, he could do anything. But it would be insane to bring in Bradford like this, pump him up, have the press comes, do a month of research, try to acquire him, give up the picks. That's where it really gets me. And then to trade him for Mariota. It's just sort of hard to imagine. Well, yeah, like what we've learned in the last 24 since the trade till now – Shuts the door, I think, on them. If they changed that now, it would just be devious the, because of what the way they've floated this thing. But the way you, you think he might be devious. No, no. Right? I, well, I just don't think at this point the way they, the way they PR'd this thing. But it was at the Combine where everyone attached to the Rams was telling us, hey, we're counting on Sam Bradford. He's our guy. <laughs> we would never delete him from the roster. And they were already. And, well, listen, I just don't – I think there's a reason to be skeptical of anything any one of these people say. And by the way, certainly including Chip Kelly. He's let's, the best. Let's, let, let's play that one more time. Just listen closely here. Do these deals mean you won't be trading up to draft Marcus Mariota? <laughs> that laugh, fake. evil laugh. He that doesn't laugh really answer the question either. That laugh was fake. In fairness, he doesn't really say no exactly. That laugh wasn't fake. That laugh was fake. That was Over completely. The top. That was just like, was so you're the body was, language uh, guy, and now you're the fake, fake laugh guy. It was dismissive, which is what his entire press conference yes. was. Speaking you know what? But. Those guys, those reporters, especially some of the ones he was getting angry at, those Fair are enough. the most dismissive guys in the world. So the way, I have no, no problem with fighting fire All we're saying, fire. he is also. Right. No I one agree. is defend. That's why they're a good match. No one is defending uh, <laughs> the reporters of Philadelphia, the scribes, although I'm sure there are some, some nice are great, guys on the beat. I don't know any of them. But Chip Kelly is coming back at them. It's like, it's like a snark fest from both sides. And Kelly, I think, is snarkier than any of them. Uh, and j- this is how this press conference ended, by the way. This, he's, like a, he's seriously like Varsity Blues 2, even bluer. There's a consistency in my behavior. The fact that it doesn't jive with your schedules is what I think the issue is. Because I didn't have final say last year. Pieces are fitting together in the puzzle, right? Thanks, guys. <laughs> I think part of Chip Kelly that people don't get is he. To me, when I watch him, he just seems like a New England guy. Like that that you're you saying dismissive is like I can tell that guy is from New Hampshire. He's just well, like I grew New up Hampshire. In New England, He's Greg. Jim Calhoun. Uh-oh. That's what he reminds no, no. me. Of. I don't. I don't think it's. I see. That's it. New England. Whenever heat. anyone has an issue with Chip Kelly, it's here's what people don't get. <laughs> it's not what I don't get. I think he's an incredibly talented football coach. But by the way, if he's a genius, 12 non-genius coaches made the playoffs last year. 
Ow! Sure. He went so, 10 and 6. But who wrote, I don't care what he who wrote bigger puff pieces about him than us? And to me, he's delivered. That's the part I don't get about the Philadelphia fans getting so critical. Like, he had 27 touchdowns and two interceptions in a season with Nick Foles. That's a goddamn miracle. I mean, that is amazing. But no one's it's, saying he's not a talented coach. It's just... Is so give he, him. A, so I give him a little benefit of the doubt. This trade is a little crazy. I think he's, he's gotten him, a lot of benefit of the doubt from the start and up till now, and will continue to. I don't think anyone's saying he's not a good coach or he's not talented. But am I ready to make Sam Bradford the comeback player of the year? No. What was the knock on Bill Belichick as Giants defensive coordinator, as Browns coach, and even early in his Patriots career? He was. Why a, are we? Uh, this is it. We're already calling Chip Kelly. No, because Bill Belichick. I see a lot of similarities between them. Bill Belichick was knocked as a genius nerd lacking charisma in any kind of soft touch with the media and the public. I just like and anyone. He admits he made a ton of mistakes in Cleveland that helped him lose a job. I mean, right. it's not just be a genius and the X's and right. O's. You have to learn how to handle the other part of the job. It's, you're not just a coach. If you're a head right. coach, you have a lot and more. Again, but I like we're the- 23 hours into the new league year. I don't think he's done some kind of haphazard thing that he's messed up their roster. I, I think we it is should tough. Let's, let us see well, how it plays out. I don't agree with that. I, I think the part where they really stressed how similar the offense was at Oklahoma was the part that really said it to me that this is the guy they want, that they they really believe what Bradford did at Oklahoma and DeMarco Murray. Maybe they'll try to, they're trying to get him too, reportedly. Uh that that was what he saw. Chip Kelly saw Bradford in a system, and he thought, okay, I've seen him do it. He can do it. And I like that he's original and he's not afraid to do it and that he's a jerk because we kill all the boring coaches, so he's not boring. So well, I like it. There's an interesting dichotomy in the NFL because football has an extremely conservative culture. Yes. It doesn't like new ideas, and any time a coach comes into the league with innovation, they get they get derided by – analysts, other coaches, a lot of the cover-your-ass coaches don't like to see guys coming in, but it's also the most innovative of American sports, and it's always getting revolutionized all the time. So I think that's the interesting part about Chip Kelly. I just think one last thing, I know Dan's spinning hands again, but it's like a lot lot happened with offense and pistol and read option the year before Kelly was even in the league. I mean, it's not like he's the only person that brings these concepts to the league, and it's not that everyone dismisses him. There are plenty of long research pieces that describe how no, innovative you're he right. is. You're right. There are definitely people that will stand behind him no matter what he does wrong, and there are people that will rip on him no matter what he does right. There are people on our airwaves saying he will never win a Super Bowl because his system just does not work in the NFL. All right, let's touch on the other Eagles news out there. They seem to be in the headlines with multiple things every day. Uh, Byron, Maxwell, Byron Maxwell joins the team on a six-year, $60 million deal that includes $25 million guaranteed for the first three years. And then something that came down uh, shortly before we came up to do the uh, podcast, uh, former Chargers running back Ryan Matthews on a plane to Philly will sign a three-year, $12 million deal. With the Eagles, this is all according to Rap Sheet. And, of course, uh, Greg, Ryan Matthews is the backup choice after the Eagles are spurned by Frank Gore, your boy. Oh, that was great. As much as, well, I spent like five minutes talking about what a great location uh, Philadelphia was. 
for gore, but Indianapolis is even better. We'll talk. About, I mean, it's true. We'll talk about it a little later. Ryan, you can go to Tennessee and Greg will be like, Frank Gore is just polished up as Hall of Fame risk. No, Ryan Matthews is not as complete a player as Gore, but we've talked about it before. If there was a Pro Bowl position for first and second down back, he's wildly talented. They keep signing guys that get injured. You know, they also signed Walter Thurman. I don't know about the strategy just, like, sign all of Philadelphia's leftovers uh, in the secondary. Maxwell's oh, getting – Seattle's leftover. Sorry about that. Uh, and they're they're supposedly going to be interested in Brandon Browner, so we'll, we'll see about that. If I'm the Eagles, I'd rather have Ryan Matthews than Frank Gore anyway at this stage mm. of their respective careers. I That's think fair, yeah. Over the last two years, if Chip Kelly's looking for a north and south runner, over the last two years, who's been better north and south than Ryan Matthews? You can count them on one hand. Kelly is investing a lot in guys that have injury history, but that was my first feeling too when I saw it. It's like, I, and Greg, you have a, a personal connection with Gore. You love him. Uh, the inconvenient truth. I I don't quite get why Gore has been such a hot uh, commodity on the market. He's 32. I know he he runs for 1,100 yards every year, but how many you know 32, 33 year old running backs are effective in this league? Uh, give me Ryan Matthews, the guy was with with more upside that can be around longer. Because Ryan Matthews has had one year in his career that's as good sure. as any year of Frank Gore's career. That's why. Sure, and I'll... he hasn't shown the fall Two. off on tape. I think Chip Kelly looks at what Frank Gore did last year, and he sees a very effective starter that can do a little bit of everything. Well, I think with Frank Gore, you know, we don't talk as much about the intangibles, but he's a team leader, and he's considered one of the absolute best pass-blocking running backs in the league smart player and you can't you have to have players that are going to buy into Chip Kelly's system so maybe more mature type players to, too to dance point to dance point before about Revis versus Maxwell though like t- you know 20 million dollars over the next couple of years for Maxwell this is where you know Chip Kelly the GM is going to be tested is signing Brandon Graham, signing these defensive players. It's a lot of responsibility for a coach to suddenly be a GM and he's taking some big swings here on defense Moving forward, the Lions have uh, made a big move after losing in Dominican Sioux. They acquire Haloti Nada in a trade with the Ravens. Uh, according to Burt Breer, Baltimore receives fourth and fifth round draft picks in return for Nada, which uh, uh, Mark Sessler, that seems like a pretty nice deal for the Lions who are recovering nicely for, from losing their uh, key player, Sue. Well, I mean, our around the NFL in-house Lions fan, Kevin Patra's been talking for mm. weeks and months about the Lions moving to a 3-4, and this would be, you know, a perfect building block for that. And, you know, I don't know how many more years Nada has left, but he certainly played well last year uh, for a big chunk of the season. So it's a good pickup. And, I mean, also, if you lose Sue, you've got to turn around and they've fairly gone too. You've got to turn around and plug that in with some reliable bodies. It's nice recovery by Martin Mayhew, the Lions GM, after Sue leaves, but I don't think you can – analyze this trade without making the point that Sue is still an ascendant talent, 28 years old, all pro, and not is going to be 31. He's probably inching toward the decline phase. The Lions offered to make Indomitian Sue the highest paid defensive player in NFL history by far. So it's not that the Lions did anything wrong in trying, to, in trying to keep him. The, the Dolphins just blew them out of the water by a couple million, and you know that was, that was it. Not a, you know, the thing that should be said, he only has one year left on his contract. So it's, it's, it's a cheap deal for them, I guess. They only gave up two late-round picks, but it's also a short-term deal. You know, he's making $8 million. I just worry about any situation where Ozzie Newsom is making the decision, and I know they're deep at defensive tackle. They have Brandon Williams. They just drafted Jernigan. But I'm a little worried about any situation where Ozzie Newsom's like, I'm going to take $8.5 million of dead money on my cap to <laughs> say goodbye to Haloti Nada. That's a little – freaks me out a little. Yeah, I think, I think it's the whole picture – if you're Baltimore, that 
Nada would not come down off his $16 million cap hit. Smartly and, now, we know. Right. So you didn't want to pay him that. You could, it was going to be $8 million salary. And it, that's a lot to pay when you're confident in Brandon Williams and Timmy Jernigan. It's fair. All day long on the Ravens' Twitter feed, which has annoyed us in the past many oh. times. <laughs> but it was hashtag in oh. Aussie we trust. And that's, would, that would strike oh, me as wild. It's, it's pretentious, except the only thing I'd say versus other t- fan bases of teams with younger GMs and younger coaches where they're freaking out, it's like, wait, but we can trust Ozzie Newsom. He's done this for a decade plus, and he, we know that when he makes these decisions, they're for good reasons. I just don't need a bunch of like, uh, high school kids on a Twitter feed telling me about Ozzie Newsom. Any day would be better if you just turned Twitter off. <laughs> that is some serious Ravens Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> well, totally the entire comprehensive Twitter, not the Ravens, but they're a big part of it. Ozzy does seem to get lost in the best GMs discussion too much. I mean, he kind of like brought Belichick, up as like a, he gets brought up as oh, we have to include Ozzy instead of maybe he is the best. Hmm. Uh, so yes, we mentioned uh, the Lions. Let's talk about their former star defensive player Ndamukong Sue, who made that deal with the Dolphins official uh, on Wednesday. It is a six-year, $114 million contract, $60 million of it guaranteed. That makes him the richest defensive player in the history of the NFL, surpassing what J.J. Watt signed last year. Uh, I thought it was funny, The speaking of uh, team Twitter feeds, the Dolphins, uh, they tw- tweeted a picture of Sue walking in the hallway looking at this big thing on a wall. It was like two Lombardi trophies and the message, we we house champions here or something. It's like, well, your last title was like 40 years ago, <laughs> but whatever. Big move for the Dolphins. Can't get on them. They had the introductory press conference. They had Joey Philbin sitting in the front row. Didn't even get up on the dais. Here we go, Dolphins. You got Ensu. Yes, Wes? I'm just laughing at you saying, well, yeah, your last championship was 40 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my team is even longer than that, but come on. I and mean, you had to get rid of Audric and Starks to get Sue and Hartline and Gibson and guys you don't really want. So I, I think it's a great move, but it's it can only be so great a move when you're paying him $20 million a year. It's like the there's nothing he can do but live up. Like the best he can do is just be how he's been, and then it's like a, a B, a B minus. You know what I mean? You, you're not going to get any special value out of this. The Dolphins doctors that way back when decided Drew Brees wasn't healthy enough to be this team's quarterback – got us here Hmm. desperate year after year maneuvers it was just a couple years ago that the (laughs) Dolphins have to swing to the for the fences with too much free agency noise Chip Kelly compared Sam Bradford to that breeze deal by the way that's your only chance to get franchise quarterbacks is when they're on a big discount I think we've said enough good for Chip Kelly wow (laughs) one of my favorite subplots that's growing and I'm looking forward to the new season is I used to be the guy that got on Chip Kelly as the genius Sessler turning I'm willing to forgive he has me a little agitated today. You're a little bit, a little scorned lover, because let's be honest, you were the number one Chip Kelly cheerleader just a couple of years ago. That's true. Just saying. But then well, you, I'm willing then you to moved on that. to Gus Bradley, of course, famously. <laughs> I want to talk about another coach. Hold on. <laughs> then Laser. Laser. Oh, Laser, of course. What are you saying to your fans? I realize this isn't the first team that's ever done this. Thank you. You have Joe Phil, but you have like 55 people from your organization sitting up there with Sue, and Philbin is just sitting down in the front row with journos. What are you telling your fans? It's a great, it's great. You're right. It's it's such an image. It really, I want to get a good picture of it, because it feels I, like that should be the cover of their team brochure this year. <laughs> Philbin sitting in the front I mean, row. 
Does he have a tape recorder? It just is an. I wondered if he had to like sneak in. Like, where's your credential? But I'm the coach. That's how Joe Philbin talks. I would let's just say, in in defense of the Dolphins, we again we agree it was a a good signing. Obviously, Sue, one of the him and Revis are maybe the only two sure things in the in the free agency class. But and the reason it makes sense to me. And the reason, Wes, you were saying the Jets don't have a quarterback and they don't, so the Revis move, maybe you could say, eh, what, what are you doing? You don't, can't really say that with the Dolphins because they believe in Tannehill. He's shown a, you know, appreciable gains each year. So if you get one of the best defensive players in, in the world and you stick him on your D-line and then you hope Ryan Tannehill makes the leap and the AFC East is, you know, uh, again, <laughs> clock's ticking on old Tommy Boy well, and the Pats. <laughs> You know, they got me, a shot. Take a shot at it. They got a shot. It's great. I've always been a fan of the AFC East, and but it's been a well, lame. Well, you would be. But no, that's what I'm saying. But it's been a lame division. I always kind of think like, does everyone re- think that the AFC East is the second or third? You know, it's always a lame division. And this one, now it's back. I don't know if it ever was there. A one quarterback division. <laughs> Moving forward. All right. So let's talk about some more retirements. What do we got? Patrick Willis retired. We talked about that last night. That was yeah. weird. Uh, MJD retired, but that kind of made sense. But, you know, father time catches up with all of us, including Tom Brady and the Patriots. Now some ones that don't make as much sense, and we'll start with the Steelers linebacker, Jason Worlds, who is 27 years old, was staring at a new contract in free agency that probably would have gotten about $15 million guaranteed. Instead, in a shocking move, Wes, you were, uh, I think, working last night, he announces that he's walking away from the game. He's going to get more involved with the church that he's uh, that he's uh, involved with. Uh, how did this happen? So shocking that I took a much more conservative approach to reporting this story than our editing desk did. I wanted to know, are we sure that this guy is world's agent? Because I can't believe that this guy's retiring when he has an opportunity for transformative wealth. I mean, he got $9 million last year under the transition tag, but... Come on, you've got three or four more years here. Probably would have had about, what, 15, 20 million or something. He already has transformative wealth. I guess if you do your money, handle your money well, he should have enough money to live comfortably uh, anyway. But this would have put him, this would have been the one where you could, like, take care of future generations of worlds. Yeah, and, and the report came in today that he's going to work for the Jehovah's Witnesses. Good luck to him on that front. Um, it reminds me a little bit of Glenn Coffey, former. 49ers running back third round pick who walked away in 2010 to explore a, re- a career in religion. So the difference sim- similar. The difference was you can't make a stronger statement about that. It's not about the money than than being literally being a free agent ready to ca- sign a right. check for 20 million dollars. I mean that's someone that's putting his convictions way ahead of what most people would ever consider. The most famous Jehovah's Witness of all time. Anybody know? Jehovah? Yeah. Oh, besides Jehovah. <laughs> you know. Behind the glass Good TV. Answer. No idea. Michael Jackson as a child. Yeah, I mean, I think Wes <laughs> wrote a nice column here on him. But it's like what I don't oh, think. Michael Jackson? No, what? no, no. About worlds. But I oh, you just like, dismissed me entirely there. How about, that, was a, that was a nice little nug, all right, Mark. Was a good nugget. But know. how about how about the Titans? Were, wasn't he their top target? It's just like any people will do anything to avoid joining the Titans. <laughs> We're just looking at it through a certain lens, though. We're looking at it through a... A worldly gains lens, and I think he's saying, I don't, "I don't care about that." No, it's cool. We can't. Maybe we don't understand. Future world. I'm just curious why you think I would know <laughs> the most. You, famous. I thought you were an MJ fan. I am an MJ fan. Okay, I, I had no idea not. about that. But are you? Is the question. I am, but not. Yeah. You know. I bet you don't even know what religion Russell Wilson is. 
No idea. All right. We move on. <laughs> he is Christian. That's all I could say. Wait, you would not Dude have, loves that would God. not have been somewhat obvious to you, TD? Russell Wilson, huge God fan. That's my guy, man. I've met him a couple of times, like I said. Who, Russell. God? <laughs> Here we go. Moving on. More retirement stuff. Jake Locker. What the hell's going on out Jake there? Locker, I know. <laughs> Jake Locker's done. The 2011 number eight overall pick. Uh, just 30 career appearances with the Titans. Uh, injuries every year that he played in the league. He just walks away from the game after much reflection and discussion with my family. And uh, Wes got a little upset with me because I didn't uh, hear Wes had <laughs> said that, oh, maybe he'll go back to baseball. Uh, and then I retweeted someone else from an outside outlet that had the same thought. Wes had it first. So, Chris, maybe Jake Locker will go back to baseball. Hmm. Yeah, that was a clown move by you. <laughs> I saw Sessler retweeted some other site last night on the Ooh. World's News, too, like 10 minutes after we had it. Oh! I did? Yeah, the World's Jeez. News. Yep. What a world, a indeed. A lot of free agency heat what going on right now. What the listener is starting to deduce is that anyone that's attached to this operation on yeah. any level when you're not here needs to only be plugged in to Greg, Wes, Dan, <laughs> or myself. You can't have anything else happening in your life other than what they're up to. TD, are you trying to smoke us out of here? It is 79,000 degrees in the room right now. The, the most insulting part of this. Wes, uh, Mark is doing his, I got the vapors thing again no, with the, with the paperwork. It's ridiculous. I here. got the vapors. Why is it? It's like it was like a 40-degree shift, oh, and it Lord. feels like a producer trigger move. That's great. That What's going on with the heat situation? No idea, guys. We were working on it. Sometimes it's cold, <laughs> sometimes it's hot. And uh, just got to roll with it, guys. Conditions. Right. Playing in the conditions. That's all it is. The most insulting part of this whole locker news is that the Angels GM, who owns the right, <laughs> oh, to, right. to locker and baseball, oh, no. released the quote last night saying, we have no interest in oh, Jake Locker. No. Like, I, don't, I don't think he was going to go to baseball. It just it, was someone asked him. He's like, we'll release his rights if he wants to. But we, we're not signing him. Oh. He's just injured oh, all the man. time. Hey, 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 <laughs> hey, hey, yeah. hey, 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 hey. I guess he's an injury liability, whatever sport you play. I mean, Patrick Willis makes sense because he said his feet no longer allow him to play football. And Jake Locker, I think, was just thinking, I cannot stay on the field for more than five games without getting hurt. I'm kind of taking Or I'm getting no offers. Uh, I think people wanted that. There were reports that some teams wanted him. Jake McCown uh, feels fake to me. Everyone, all these guys, all these bums are getting a ton of money. I would think he could (laughs) have got something. I don't know, but it, it, there was a rash of like under thirty retirements. I think there are people were wondering what that's all about, and we're not allowed to make a guess. I don't I think know. It, my my strong guess is that you have to do it on a case by case basis. I don't think that just because Jake Locker's walking away, Jake, Jason Worlds is walking away. I mean, I don't know that they're connected in any. Does anyone want to get up on their soapbox? Because I saw it a lot yesterday, and drop the line. Oh, can I get a piano for this today? I respect Player X <laughs> for walking away from the game before the game walked away from him. <laughs> Turn to Christopher Walken. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we get it. Yeah, it's a nice move. I you feel got for away. the person that tweeted then. But... There was like 70,000 yeah. people. There that was tweeted a lot of people. Like people don't know how to handle what it, breakups in general. It, I think Dan's really hitting on the... The Twitter point that everyone has to chime in with everything. Yeah, everybody has like, to say, "Oh, here's good, good for Patrick Willis." It's, it's like, kinda, what? come on. It's kind of yeah. like I, re- you know, my I really hope they recover that kidnapped child. Like I can't imagine that pain. It's like, 
Okay, well, it's like, who is hoping that the, the child's not recovered? You're going to heaven now, congratulations. Who's not? Everyone's this just Greg, ever- who in the other day in a post, because <laughs> he didn't know how to get out of the post, capped it off with, our thoughts and prayers. Well, that I was allowed to bring that up. Come on. I didn't say prayers. I said thoughts. Yeah. And I was, like, I was genuinely feeling bad. The guy got shot. I'm just well, saying. I'm saying I don't think you said – I thought you wouldn't go to your car, close the door, roll up the windows, and stop and pause, <laughs> meditate, and think about this person's situation I at did. all. All right. While we're here we should, talk, yeah. talking about Twitter pet peeves, uh, how do we feel about the mute button on Twitter? I love it. It's I had cause to use it a few times this week. Really? But I normally I just a, block. I think it's a cop-out. I like it, but I think it's a cop-out. I used to unfollow people, and some of them were almost friends of mine, and they would get mad at me and stuff, but I just felt like that's more yeah. honest than, it's honest. than, uh, it's, it's than muting them. I'm, I'm against the mute button. All right. Everything's I only out use there it on now. special occasions, and believe me, there are occasions when you need it. <laughs> Amen. Moving forward, the Chicago Bears, it looks like they're going to have Jay Cutler behind center again. A lot of people thought I never quite bought into this because you're going to dump Jay Cutler, who's a you know pain in the ass, obviously. But there's but then you're going to go get Jake Locker out of retirement or something. Uh, who wins in that case? Anyway, so Ryan Pace, the new GM, came out, uh, told reporters at a press conference on Wednesday, we went through the process of thor- thoroughly evaluating the roster, and we're moving forward with Jay Cutler with Jay. They went first name, which just tells you that there's a connection there. Jay is our sta- starting quarterback. So, Greg, this is uh, it looks like we're going to have one more year of Jay in Chicago. Two. I think we're going to have two. Tra- two my, more. I'm gonna oh, that's depressing. I'm going to translate that quote for you. Please. Quote, no one would take this contract that the previous administration signed, <laughs> and we have no choice. But to keep Jay Cutler. We're eating the duty. Or I wish you weren't a liar. That's uh, it. I mean, he's uh, not really lying. I mean, they're they're right. He's their starting quarterback because they have no choice. They I have had, no option. I had to hit the old dictionary.com a few seconds ago to <laughs> look up the opposite of galvanize. What is because it? they just disheartened their fan base with mm, this move. Mm. I tweeted depressing. yesterday that the Bears were the loser of free agency because they have Cutler and the other 31 teams are the winners because they don't have Cutler. And the response was, oh, man, you're going to have to block Bears fans all day. I didn't have to block a single Bears fan. No, they, they don't. Know, they know. They don't. I think every new regime should be allowed to remove or eliminate one move by the previous Ooh. regime. Wait, because doesn't they, some sport has that. NBA has that. The amnesty clause. They get to do well, that. Well, that was like years ago. Well, they basically they used to be able to amnesty a player, right? One player. Okay. I mean, this oh, is Tressman go. comes in, has one Good great job, year guy. with the team. They decide, oh, you know what? He can fix Jay Cutler because they knew he wasn't fixed. We'll give him more time. You sign this ridiculous contract. And the, only, the timing again kills him because when you know you want to get out, there's no one to go get. It's, it's a killer. And I know we're not to this portion of the program yet, but you, you were asking for the word, what's the opposite of galvanize. And I feel like <laughs> this picture, and maybe we'll put it up on the website, is going to do that not only for Texans fans. It's Brian Hoyer <laughs> in a cheap suit uh, signing his contract. But also, Mark, Why I feel like it's got to be depressing. That was unfair. He looks like a better suit than anything I have. I'm just kidding. He looks like a GameStop employee. <laughs> Not NFL quarterback. It's got to be annoying, though. Is it annoying for Bre- for you to see Hoyer? Uh, I guess you were done with Hoyer. Well, I would take now. Mallet and Hoyer over Cleveland's quarterback scenario right now. Yeah, there are v- Cleveland. Would you take? It By over- the way, that's not saying a whole lot. It, here's a good. Here's an interesting one. Would you take Cutler as his cu- no. currently paid over Never. Mallet and Hoyer? Wow. Never. I like, I like where you're How about going? over McCown? Never. I yes. want. If you don't have a good quarterback, I want a situation you, you can get out of. Yeah. I would take Love Cutler, it. but I'm the last. You are a huge Cutler apologist and acolyte. 
even. I mean, I've Largely given up. because he's not on your team. It's easier. Yeah. I mean, no, I've even given up on that. Who who hasn't? But I'd still rather have the 20th best quarterback than the 27th. So it's like, why not have him? Your dream team is filled with creeps and, and criminals. We, I mean, you've knew, already that made it clear that character yeah. means nothing to you. <laughs> By the way, and uh, I apologize for taking the shot at Cleveland Springsteen there, but he just doesn't really look like Cleveland an, He doesn't look like an NFL quarterback to me. That's all. I stopped listening to you guys like 45 <laughs> nice seconds guy. ago. Hashtag, we are Texans. Bears also gave, uh, what, $40 million to Pernell McPhee, who yes, is on did. my list of guys who could get overpaid. So I'll, we'll find out <laughs> if that was overpaying. By the way, speaking of uh, our sandwich bet, we didn't really bring it up. There are no betting. There's no betting, but it's propositions. Sixty million for Sue. We now know. Yeah, I don't know if you're going to get there with all those running backs. Those yeah, are- it's going to be close though. I, Murray is the key guy. You know, Ingram got a decent amount. I got a little bit of a chance if it's, if Spiller and Murray come through. But yeah. Uh, here's somebody who got a lot of money. That deal with Julius Thomas and the Jacksonville Jaguars is done. It's a five-year contract. Uh, that uh, averages 9.2 million per season, 24 million guaranteed for a guy that uh, you, know, you may have heard played basketball in college. Yeah. Uh, it's a small school, and now he's a guy that plays tight end in the NFL, and he's making 24 million guaranteed on a big contract. Uh, Mark, are you convinced? Obviously, we don't we don't imagine he's going to have the same type of touchdown production, 12 in the last two years with Peyton Manning. But is this going to work? Because you're a good person to ask. You loved the Jags last year. You believed in Bortles and the coaching staff. And do you think that adding a weapon like this will work for this offense and for Julius Thomas? Well, I don't know what you mean by work, but it's not going to be Broncos Well, it will work. Numbers. He's a productive player, Pro Bowl type player because you just paid for him. I don't know if he'll be a Pro Bowl type player. I mean, I, yeah. one, if he wants motivation, he should just log on Twitter because – a lot of people seem to think that this guy is the one guy who's going to fall off a cliff. Our own Dave Damashek mm. called him just a guy on Twitter about an jag? hour ago. He called him a jag? Yeah, he said it's perfect to go to Jacksonville because he's a jag. Oh. Wow. That's silly talk. But I think that they've gone and found themselves, you know, the prototypical playmaking type of tight end, one of your newer types that you want to have as a safety valve and, and more for your quarterback. And, and they have found the quarterback last offseason, so it's a good addition. I mean, but I, but how do we project in a much lesser offense? I mean, anyone that leaves Peyton Manning is in for a swoon. And he, well, he didn't top 500 yards. He had about the same amount of yards last year as Scott Chandler. Right. He also Thomas? missed a bunch of games. He, he had a high ankle sprain for yeah. half the season. But he injuries are part of the are part of the story with him, as they would have been with J- Jordan Cameron. He was on pace on pace to set a touchdown record halfway through the season before those injuries slowed he, him down. I'm, he played 13 games. So, yeah, but he played with a with a high ankle sprain. Played through pain. I'm you just can't, saying. You can't knock a guy for not. I mean, your boy Gronk didn't even play in the Super Bowl when he had a but high he, ankle sprain. But he's getting paid like Gronk. He played. I think he's getting more money than Gronk. That's because so, he made it to the open market. That's fair. And, and if you're the Jaguars, you got to do what the Raiders don't do. Just overpay for transcendent talent. No one's paying more right, right now than the Jags, and I respect them for it. Just go for it. Try to get better. Right. They stink. They're three and thirteen last season. At least eleven losses four years in a row. They're trying to get that fan base energized, putting all that money into the stadium. The ownership is is trying to connect with the people. Spend some money. I like what they're doing. And if you believe in that quarterback and you believe in it enough to shock people by taking Bortles number three, you got to give him some weapons and see if he can play. And one thing, I mean, I think that. It's all skill players and free agency, and everyone's going crazy. But if they fix that offensive line, which they tried to do by getting Alex Mack last year, that fell through. That team is different on offense if they can find a couple guys to come in and protect Jeremy. Bortles. 
Jeremy Parnell. Well, I mean, they're being bold. That's a risk. They're being yeah. bold, which I like. They're thinking originally. Yes. It kind of reminds me of the Seahawks. I mean, they're projecting guys, Audric, Parnell, uh, Dan Scuda, who came in, to have, to have much bigger roles House. than they really House. had in their previous spot. And they're paying them, and they're – and they're going to be on the line. I mean, if they win three or four games next year, I don't know if this rebuilding continues. They're getting they young stable. players, at least, unlike Oakland last offseason. And this offseason. The Bermuda Triangle of the NFL, as you call it, the Jags are the one that are jumping up and down and say, pay attention to us. The Jags, the Titans, and the Falcons, the Bermuda Triangle of the NFL, if you work for NFL media, you're not allowed to write about them. So <laughs> I try to give them attention. Um, but no, what did you say yesterday? You tried with the Titans. I tried yeah, with the Titans, up. but they don't, want, they don't want attention. Well, the, Caldwell even admitted, their GM, that they had five big targets going into free agency, and they only got three of them. And the two they didn't get, which he did not say, but we can surmise from reporting and various sources that it was McCordy and Cobb. Now, that would have been awesome if you had gotten one of those two. To along, get three is pretty good. Along with this group, yeah. But the other, you know, no one was fighting them for Parnell and Audric at, well, at those prices. One thing we've learned, uh, fans should stop falling for the we've got the most salary cap space ruse mm. that these teams pull. It's a vicious cycle. Teams like the Raiders and the Jags have all the salary cap space. Meanwhile, good teams like the Packers devote that space to re-signing Randall Cobb, Brian Balaga, mm. their own core talent, young core players. The Raiders have no core. The Jaguars <laughs> have no core. They can't go spend and that it, money. If you run your team properly and you have a little bit of a nest egg to go into free agency each year, you could target guys you specifically need. Rather than be the team that has a bare cupboard and then have all this money, then just throw contracts at guys that aren't even good. And nobody wants to play for you. That's well, the harder right. part. It's How do you bring in – talented players that know they're going from Aaron Rodgers to a team with no quarterback. And we've seen this in the NBA a little. Here's my second NBA analogy of the day. Everyone was saving up cap space for a while, and then the cap exploded, and suddenly the cap didn't matter nearly as much as it used to. And so previous moves like trading James Harden, for instance, and in the NFL, I think this cap's going to keep going up more and more, so we need to all, and I need to do it too, recalibrate like, Oh, they overpaid Julius Thomas. Like, by the fourth year of that contract, it's probably not going to look too crazy. The cap's just going up and up and up. Right. Uh, all right, quick over-under game with Julius Thomas. Here we go. Yes or no? Start with you, Mark. Reception, 61. Under. Under. Hmm. Wes? Over. Over. Great. 900 yards, Mark. Under. Under. Uh, under. That's a bright, Seven bright. touchdowns. Push. <laughs> Always a push. Over. Push. Over. All right. So I like going to be okay-ish. All right. Yeah, it'll be okay We talked a little bit about Frank Gore earlier, but let's just go through the specifics there. Uh, he signed this deal now with the Colts, uh, $8.5 million in guarantees. So goodbye to Trent Richardson. Hello to Frank Gore. Uh, Greg, this is a team that obviously with this move and also they, they've signed now Andre Johnson. Uh, the wide receiver from the Texans, of course. This is a team that's going all in to win now one game from the Super Bowl last year. They think they're going to go this year. I mean, they're not just adding veterans. They're adding Frank Gore and Andre Johnson. Old veterans, I agree. No, they're, I mean, but they're guys who are still playing well, who have been among the very best players in the NFL and leaders, and I think played very well last year. Now they get to play alongside Andrew Luck. I love the fact that Gore says he wanted to play with Luck. Like, that was the, one of the big things about it, and he changed his mind from Philly to Indy and because he's been watching Luck. And P- I mean, I love that. I would want to play with Andrew Luck, too. Andre Johnson said the same thing. Rap Sheet reported the Chargers offered more than the Colts for Andre Johnson. The plane was revved up waiting to fly Andre Johnson to San Diego. 
He chose the Colts because he wanted to play with Andrew Luck. Grigson Makes is sense. aggressive. I mean, he has well, a lot of Well, he's aggressive. He's also swung and missed on a few things. He he's has. a little bit. He's he was so, so smart to take Andrew Luck at number one overall. <laughs> right. He <laughs> but feels a little coddled to me because. He's the Rob Deere of the GM. <laughs> just swinging at everything. Adam Dunn. But he's going for it while they have a great window here with Luck and what whatever it is. They're going for it. Trent Cole was a signing I like, too. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think Andrew Johnson Todd has a lot had, of juice left. Todd Harriman's Kendall Langford. They've gotten a few. They filled a few holes. How fun is this team? I mean, t- they were already the team I like to watch just about the most, other than the Patriots. The team. And now the they're team at, of now A-T-L. they're adding Gore. Now they're adding AJ. Interesting. How painful is this move? I don't think we, because none of us are Texans fans, but this is the least. Whoa, whoa, whoa. This is the most painful move you could possibly make. If there's a Texans fan, if you're coming up with one transaction that would be the most painful in the history of Texans uh, franchise, it's Andre Johnson to the Colts. It's going to lead to some what great furious JJ John McClain uh, tweets, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it will. I mean, uh, they couldn't. They they can't win in Indianapolis. Never happened. And now they're going to have Andre Johnson do it while he's you know polishing up his Canton credentials with a member of the Colts. That's this year's Steve Smith. All right, one more before we get to our speed round and we get out of here. This will be the longest around the NFL podcast of all time, but in a good way because there's a lot to cover. By popular demand. All killer, no filler. All right, finally, Wes, I'll cue you up on this because you wrote the post. Uh, The Buccaneers, uh, come on, Fox. you got to be kidding me with this stuff. So they went out and spent all that money. They got Anthony Collins last year. They got Michael Johnson. Same regime one year later. Josh McCown. Josh McCown, all three of those guys are gone. Collins and Michael Johnson most recently. They added Bruce Carter, which might be a pretty good signing, the, the Cowboys linebacker. But, Wes, to drop Anthony Collins and Michael Johnson, take the money hit that they're taking on it, which what was it exactly? Like, What, are they, what kind of uh, penalty they, are they assessing themselves with this? When these three guys signed last March, the reported money for all of them was over $80 million and over $40 million guaranteed. And they all three of them lasted one year. I don't think you can talk about Jason Light's first year as Bucks GM without using the phrase abject failure. It's a, I mean, GMs very rarely last one year, but if there was ever a case to be made. Well, I mean, you got to give him another chance. Guys make mistakes. I, I'm not saying. All right, Wes. I like this new Wes. I'm not like saying it. he's a bad general manager, but his first free agency attempt might have taught him a few lessons. He's basically saying, I would rather keep the players the last general manager picked mm. than the ones I picked. Ouch. <laughs> That's a disappointment. If they didn't have Jameis Winston coming in, it's about as low as any franchise is right now. I think Tennessee, if I was who (laughs) Tennessee, if I was making a hopeless rankings, would be they'd be at the top. But the Bucks are close. But they're getting Jameis Winston. They're not not Harry Douglas. Their quarterback in week one. (laughs) They got got Harry Douglas now. They got somebody to put on the program now. By the way, I I have something to add for this speed round. Oh, yeah, that's exciting. We have some breaking news. Patriots news. Fits right in it. Oh, Wes. Why don't we we talk about that, and then we'll go into the speed round. Well, it's kind of speed round worthy. Okay, all right. How about this? TD, it's now time for the speed round. Uh, Start it off, Greg. Breaking news out of New England. Jabal Sheard goes to the Patriots, one of Mark's favorite players. One of my favorite Browns, too. I like it. I love this signing. I am annoyed. Why? Jabal Sheard, like this would have been, you know, we want to keep faster. our own drafted players. How about resign your own guys? Outrageous. All right, rules of the speed round. The Benny Hill sponsored st- uh, speed round. Got to be fast. Here we go. 49ers, t- uh, Torrey Smith strike five-year, $40 million deal. The deep threat for Baltimore. Now the deep threat for the Niners. N- nice move, Mark. Nice addition for a four-win team. <laughs> Mike, U- <laughs> Mike U- Potty. 
uh, plans to leave the 49ers for the Arizona Cardinals. The guard, one of the best guards on the market. Cardinals get stronger at guard. That was necessary, right, Wes? Love this move. If Jonathan Cooper pans out, they could have one of the best guard tans in the league. Upati goes to show how little we as analysts know. Faster! People who grade players. Played through a broken Faster. foot last year. We need year. a skinny. Played through a broken foot last year. If you're accusing him of bad pass protection, Too long. maybe you don't know the full details. Mr. Smith goes to Washington. Wes, you're out of the Wes, that was field. terrible. You will be uh, banned for one round of speed round. Here we go. Ryan Fitzpatrick, Greg, ha. signs with the Jets. See? I'm happy. That's it. I mean, you're, you're all happy about Darrell Rivas. You have Ryan Fitzpatrick as your quarterback. Shut up, jerk. Uh, Mark, Brian Hoyer, and the Texans reach agreement on a two-year deal. Did we already talk about this? Age of glory. <laughs> Wait, I won my speed round back. 2011 Bills. Got to put them back together on the Jets. Greg That's is uh, Remove Greg for a round. Not funny enough to come back. Shane Vereen, Shane Vereen expected to land with the Giants. Wes. Uh, they've got a new passing down back because Rashad Jennings was supposed to be their passing down back, but he got injured all year last year. Bills preparing offer for Charles Clay, the Miami Dolphins, Greg. They didn't pay him enough, apparently, to keep him in the building. He's going to go. Uh, all right, back off with the private planes, Bills. Charles <laughs> Clay and Jerome Felton, you got to be a little better to get the private planes. The Tennessee Titans, the Titans, I don't know who they are, but apparently Harry Douglas is on that team now. Also, they re-signed their long snapper, their punter, and a Searcy fellow, Wesley. It's just depressing, disheartening, disgusting. <laughs> and lastly, Mark, the Bears signed Pernell McPhee to a five-year deal. Missing piece? Like the signing, way too much money. All right. Good job. Wes, you got a little talky in that one part, but well, overall. I a, sometimes I have, I have a point I need to make, and you got to let me make it. I, I need to tell people off sometimes. In the speed round, though, right. you know, it's a little different game. That's all. The Wes, speed. Wes shifts into massive filibuster during speed <laughs> round. Sometimes you have to tell stats nerds <laughs> the, that they don't know everything. Local right, the, man undermines speed right. round. The speed round in Tybee <laughs> is like two hours left until the bar closed. Like, that's that's the speed round. They're moving at their own pace. No, nah, Tybee, we stay after the bar closed. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so that's it. For Wednesday's edition of the Around, a supersized edition of the Around the NFL podcast, we're going to be back on Thursday. We'll be right back here uh, talking about another day of free agency and what is a mega week for the NFL. Uh, so make sure you tune in. Thank you for listening. This is Dan Hansen signing off for uh, Mark Sessler, the Sizzler, the Mailman, the Boss, and TD behind the glass. Till Thursday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 
I'm late. I'm late for a very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist and authorized seller and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com. Come.